0: Hey, welcome to The Briefing Room on this Tuesday afternoon. I'm Devin Dwyer at ABC News in Washington. Great to have you with us here on ABC News Live. Joined by Jack Date, our justice reporter, Catherine Folders, our White House producer. The full team coverage, including out in the States today, President uh, Trump out on the trail. will get out there uh, in a little while, but today we're tracking the latest in the Brett Kavanaugh uh, Supreme Court nomination that's turned into an FBI investigation, extended one in a political battle Uh, unlike we've seen in this town for quite some time. And Jack, I wanna lead this off with you. We are, I guess we could say nearing the end of this very abbreviated (laughs) week-long FBI probe uh, that was reopened last Friday. We're more than halfway. Um, Where do things stand right now with who the FBI has interviewed, uh, and what they're looking for.
1: Right. So right now, uh, we know that the FBI has interviewed some of the key witnesses, some of the four main players. Uh, uh, Deborah Ramirez uh, um, among them. Of the people one, of that the made, one of the accusers is Brett Kavanaugh. Right. Uh, they've interviewed her. They've interviewed uh, um, uh, uh, Mark Judge, mm-hmm. one of his close friends. And, and so... Those will give sort of the FBI a baseline uh, to work off of. As as the inter as, as the interview process sort of expands, as they start to look for other characters, other people who those people might have seen at various events that might be able to corroborate or challenge uh, some of the testimonies, uh, they'll be able to piece together sort of their best. Picture that they can put together 30 some years later.
0: Yeah, and we do know, Jack, that the FBI has inv- has now spoken with those four key players. In addition to Mark Judge and Deborah Ramirez, also P.J. Smith, one of the friends of Brett Kavanaugh in high school, its so-called drinking buddy, right. uh, and also um, has spoken with Leland Kaiser, one of the other friends of Dr. Christine Blasey Ford, who apparently had heard about this at the time. Right. Um, but what's been striking the past 24 hours is how we've started to see them go a little bit further afield and talk to some friends beyond that immediate list of four that the White House gave Catherine and you know, Um, that uh, Don McGahn, the White House counsel who's been driving this uh, process, giving the FBI their marching orders, uh, you were reporting yesterday that they've now expanded the scope, loosened the reins a little bit after some criticism from Congress.
2: Right, they have loosened the reins. Now the exact terms of what they're looking into um, are unclear, but yes, McGahn uh, directed the FBI that they could um, expand their probe, they could talk to whoever uh, they deemed as a credible witness, whoever they want, um, bouncing off really what the president said yesterday, he said that he'd welcome the FBI talking to any of these people. And when he was asked if, um, if the Supreme Court pick, if Kavanaugh should be interviewed, he said. Sure, But right. the question it's, now, Jack, just
0: to hold that thought, is is the number of topics. So they're able to right. interview anybody. They've right. started to do that, but there's been a lot of debate today on the Hill as to whether the FBI will look into the allegations of this third accuser, uh, Julie Swetnick, who's being represented by Michael Avenatti.
1: Right. One of the overarching sort of uh, restrictions on this is that the allegations have to be credible or have some sort of basis. Uh, and you, know, you have to remember that this investigation is being done with the White House is a client to the FBI, effectively, that they're going to take direction from the White House as to how far afield they can go with this type of investigation. And, and they're going to do it in, in that way, treading lightly, uh, not to go too far afield, but stick with the allegations that uh, they believe have some credibility.
0: And the president weighed in just a little while ago on what he th- thinks the state of play is right now as he was hitting the trail out to the Memphis area. Uh, this is what he had to say about the FBI probe.
1: I don't want to do anything to interrupt what's happening with Judge Kavanaugh. And I think the process, I must say, I think hopefully, as Mitch said, they'll have a vote by the end of the week, and it will be a positive vote. But it will be dependent on what comes back from the the FBI. The FBI is working. They're working very hard. And let's see what happens. I think he was fighting people that were making very tough charges against him and i thought he did very well i really did i thought he did very well Uh, he's fighting very hard for his reputation for his family i thought what happened was really tough it was tough stuff i've been watching this stuff for a long time i've never seen anything like going on with respect to judge kavanaugh
0: And before we get into the politics of this, let's play off the president's comments there, Jack, about what the FBI is doing. He wants to appear totally hands-off here. We do know that, in addition to the names you've been talking about, they have been starting to look into some past complaints about Kavanaugh. You've been looking today at one of those that surfaced in the Times this morning, a 1985 bar fight.
1: Right, Uh, this bar fight, apparently after a UB40 concert, uh, uh, that Kavanaugh and some of his friends were at a bar and a, a fight breaks out and and uh, it,
0: it appears according to the police report and we're seeing that
1: police report uh, here a, one of the subjects involved was alleged his friend chris dudley was uh uh alleged to have uh, hit somebody in the head with a with a glass bottle or a glass uh, a, 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 a drinking glass uh, holding a tom collins i believe as the report says and uh this altercation was allegedly started when uh, some ice was perhaps thrown by kavanaugh now kavanaugh was interviewed by the police and he WON'T ANSWER QUESTIONS, ACCORDING TO THE REPORT. Uh, EITHER WAY, NO CHARGES WERE FILED AGAINST HIM, AND and THAT WAS THE END OF THAT MATTER. BUT HE
0: WAS NOTED AS THROWING ICE uh, AT SOMEBODY IN THIS FIGHT, uh, PERHAPS NOT AS uh, SERIOUS AS HITTING SOMEBODY WITH A BOTTLE, BUT (laughs) I THINK WHAT what, uh, DEMOCRATS OR WHOEVER LEAKED THIS TO THE TIMES ARE TRYING TO SHOW, AND WE CAN TAKE THIS TO CAPITOL HILL, ALLIE ROGAN uh, JOINS US NOW FROM THE SENATE. Uh, Ali, playing off of what Jack was saying uh, in this sort of scene that's being painted in some of these new reports uh, that are coming out, Democrats seizing on these, uh, going beyond the allegations of Dr. Ford, trying to paint a picture of, uh, of somebody who clearly can't handle alcohol and was quite aggressive at times in life.
3: Yeah, that's exactly right, Devin. And Democrats yesterday submitted a new list of 25 names that they say they want the FBI to investigate. And they're really starting to reshape their argument as saying that if the FBI does not uh, conduct an exhaustive interview of most of the people or all of the people on that list, then it's no, it's not going to be a, uh, a true investigation. And they may not uh, accept its credibility. Meanwhile, though, we heard from Senate Majority Leader Ch- uh, Mitch McConnell just a moment ago who is as he has been doing, is expressing his sense of momentum in this whole thing, saying that the Senate is still going to hold its confirmation vote on Kavanaugh by the end of the week. He says that even if Democrats don't like this FBI report, it's just going to be another example of uh, their strategy for opposing Kavanaugh. Uh, Senate Democratic leader, though, Chuck Schumer, says he wants the FBI to brief all senators on their findings at least 24 hours before they have to vote. But so far, it doesn't seem like McConnell's uh, going to agree to that, Devin.
0: And uh, McConnell's standing firm, as you say, Allie, also saying today that he does not want the public to have this FBI report. He wants it to be senators only. Not sure how that's going to fly. What are you hearing from Democrats about what information should be made public?
3: Well, first of all, uh, senators are not known for their discretion sometimes <laughs> and their uh, ability to keep things that are not supposed to be leaked from leaking. So I don't know how strong that's going to hold, but we are uh, we are actually hearing from members of both sides of the aisle, both Democrats and Republicans. Our Mary Bruce is uh, out chasing senators right now, and she's reporting back that folks, including Senators Lindsey Graham, John Kennedy, both Republicans on the Judiciary Committee, calling for that report to be released publicly so that uh, members of the public can review it and uh, understand what evidence the Senate has as they prepare for a vote on Kavanaugh. So I don't know, Devin, that you've heard the last of this debate, but certainly the days are ticking down. And all of this uh, is, even though we are in a waiting game, all of this is going to happen very quickly.
0: And let's just remind everybody, Jack, what the FBI actually is doing here and what they will submit to the White House they they will not make any of this public they also won't give any conclusions.
1: Precisely as has been said over and over as we watched the hearings last week the FBI doesn't make conclusions they gather the, the evidence for their client in this so case So we're talking a pile of papers. we're talking a, a pile of, of interviews they they call FBI 302s mm-hmm. which is uh, basically the report that an FBI agent generates when they've done an interview and those 302s will contain basically you know what was said to them in in great detail and you know the White House counsel and the Senate will have to evaluate those reports to figure out uh, if, if if they add up to anything.
2: Yeah, and I think one of the things to look out, too, when we look at these reports, and going back to what you were saying about the topics, is you know, there's some question and some reporting um, over whether these witnesses are being questioned about uh, the alleged heavy drinking habits. Um, senators on the Hill, uh, obviously this has been a focal point and an issue, um, so that's another thing to keep an eye out for. Are they asking about this or are they not? It's it, becoming a central issue. Absolutely.
0: And before we lose uh, Ali Rogan up on the Senate, real quick, Ali, let's do an, <clears throat> an undecided check, if you will. We know that all of this at the end of the day really comes down to those moderate Republican senators, Susan Collins, Lisa Murkowski, um, Jeff Flake, uh, Joe Manchin, uh, the Democrat. Uh, you know, what are you hearing from them right now? Do we have any sense of how they're preparing to vote on this?
3: Yeah, well, Devin, we've talked to all of them today, and basically, as the great Tom Petty would say, the waiting is the hardest part. They're all waiting to see what the FBI comes out with. They're waiting to see what their conclusions are before they really weigh into us. But they are indicating Senator Manchin, Senator Murkowski today, saying that if Brett Kavanaugh is found to have lied in any way in his testimony, uh, that would be a disqualifying factor for them. So, again, this depends so much on what we learn from the FBI, and, uh, of course, we don't know yet how much uh, the public is going to see of those FBI conclusions. But uh, the senators that you just mentioned are really playing it close to the vest. They don't want to. uh, They're talking to us, but they're not saying a whole lot ahead of uh, Mm. their receiving these FBI conclusions, Devin.
0: All right, Allie Rogan, our Senate reporter, uh, terrific work. Thank you so much, Allie. Let's bring in our White House producer, Jordan Phelps, who's out on the road with the president right now and joins us. Uh, Jordan, uh, great to have you here. I want to get you to weigh in a little bit on what President Trump said just before he hit the road this morning about what all of this might mean for the election and for Republicans. Take a listen. It's it's Not sure if we have that sound, but Jordan, let's talk about it. President Trump. Uh, before he hit the road uh, or a little bit earlier, said that um, this is a dangerous time for young men in this country. He said that uh, sort of this Brett Kavanaugh case uh, is, is, is a sign that uh, the country could be turning towards guilty until proven innocent. It concerns him. It seemed to a lot of us to be a play to his base, a message that he looks to be taking to the road, Jordan.
4: Yeah, and the president there was echoing his son, who had made some similar comments uh, in a recent media report, basically saying that he's more worried for his sons right now than he is his daughters. Basically, this idea that men can be brought down by these accusations uh, but, Devin, I've got to tell you, out here on the trail, a lot of the people I talk to share the view that the president has been expressing, that even if something did happen to Christine Blasey Ford, they're inclined to think, first of all, that Kavanaugh did not do it. Uh, but even if he did, that you know this was a long time ago and that, more than anything, this is a Democratic obstruction uh, attempt to basically block this nominee. It's another attempt uh, just to derail this president. And And I've got to tell you, Devin, being out here on the campaign trail, it really feels like sort of going in a time capsule. It might as well be 2016 out here. I find the same level of unqualified support for President Trump. Uh, Last night in Tennessee, it was a packed house, 8,000 people jammed into an auditorium and 20,000 more uh, still outside. A lot of people there I talked to had never had the opportunity to see the president before and were excited to see him. Uh, And they definitely gave me an earful about how they feel. The Democrats and the media are uh, basically not giving this president a fair shake. Uh, That's how they feel, Devin.
0: All right, Jordan Phelps out there on the road in South Haven, Mississippi. Jordan, stand by if you can. we uh, already pumping in the Trump campaign <laughs> music there. Uh, but Jordan makes a good point, Catherine, that the president is is has been rallying his supporters all week, campaign events, into the weekend over the Kavanaugh nomination. And you started to see today, guys, even uh, ally, Trump ally Lindsey Graham of South Carolina, sort of taking a page out of the president's playbook and saying that uh, if this goes down, it could actually be good for the president, Take a look at a statement he put out a little bit earlier. Lindsey Graham said, uh, in short, that if the n- nomination were to fall short, he would encourage President Trump to renominate Judge Kavanaugh to the Supreme Court. Uh, he said it would be appealing to the Senate's verdict directly to the American people. And I think that, Catherine, drives home this point that the president is sort of happy anyway this goes. Uh, at least politically speaking.
2: Absolutely, he is happy politically speaking, given how this goes. You heard him today um, on the North Lawn, echoing Lindsey Graham. He says we've been we've become better friends the last six months, so he's you know appreciating those types of statements. Last night, he says this should be um, or today he said Judge Kavanaugh could be a rallying uh, cry for Republicans, so he's politically um, capitalizing on that, and you can see he doesn't particularly want any counter programming to this story you know a separate story was he was supposed to meet with his deputy attorney general this week he said publicly I don't want to do that while this is going on
0: right he's getting enough juice out of the Kavanaugh story yeah, exactly. alright speaking of juice let's shift gears uh, in a pretty big way perhaps uh, too abruptly but there's sort of another crisis of a different kind going on in Washington right now actually over at the Pentagon some alarming news just a little while ago coming into ABC uh, that the Pentagon have received two suspicious letters that tested Uh, could test positive for a suspicious substance, a dangerous substance. Uh, This on the heels of a report earlier today that Senator Ted Cruz's office in Texas also had uh, a suspicious envelope with a substance in it. Let's bring in our uh, our Pentagon reporter, Elizabeth McLaughlin, who has been tracking this from uh, the Pentagon. Elizabeth, what's the latest you're hearing about these letters?
5: Well, Devin, there were two envelopes that were uh, received at the Pentagon's mail processing center yesterday. They are suspected of containing ricin, which is that deadly poison. Now one was addressed to Defense Secretary James Mattis, the other to the chief of naval operations, uh, Admiral John Richardson. So what we know now is that the FBI is in possession of those envelopes, checking to see if they do test positive for the deadly poison. And in the meantime, the Department of Defense is saying that all Pentagon personnel are safe, and the mail that did come in yesterday is under quarantine.
0: All right, so there's a lot of concern there. Elizabeth, stand by, Jack. uh, We've seen these reports of Rison before. Mm -hmm. Can't recall an instance of something addressed to the Secretary of Defense, though. Um, What are investigators looking at in in something like this? So they're
1: going to take these envelopes. uh, They're they're going to test the contents. These tests take some time. Uh, the longer they have to render, the more thorough the testing is, the, the, the more conclusive they become. So they're going to give it several hours, if not days, to really come up with a conclusive result if this test positive for ricin or if it becomes a false positive. And so that's going to take some time to figure out. Uh, but How dangerous is
0: it? What, it's, it's, tell it, us it what ricin a, ricin's is. Ricin a
1: deadly poison that's derived from castor beans. And, small amounts, including like the amount of size of a couple grains of, of salt can be lethal. So it, it can be a very lethal agent and it's it's illegal to possess it. The federal government's made several cases against people who've possessed ricin in the past several years. And and uh, troubling development on, on the ricin front is that there are people who are buying and selling it on the dark web. And so the, the the Federal governments made prosecutions on on cases like that in the past, so it it, it is a, a very hazardous thing. But we've also seen a lot of false rice and uh, uh, incidents where it, there's there's a, a letter and a threat associated with it, with something with with contents that suggest that it's ricin but it, ten, it turns it, it, out not to be
0: not to be. But that could be still prosecuted as a
1: threat if there's threatening language with these letters.
0: And, and let's go back to Elizabeth uh, real quickly. Elizabeth, before I let you go, give, What what is the mood over there at the Pentagon? Usually those guys, uh, certainly General Mattis, pretty unflappable, but do you get the sense that they feel that this is truly a serious situation?
5: Well, the defense secretary is currently traveling, so he's out of the country, but it it was certainly shocking here in the hallway. Um, It's good to remember that the Pentagon's mail processing center is actually located outside the building, so it's still on the Pentagon premises, but not connected to the major office building, where there are over 25,000 employees who work here on a day-to-day basis. So certainly a scare, but uh, all we know is that the FBI is investigating and that everyone here in the building is safe.
0: All right, Elizabeth Malachlan, great to have you uh, at the Pentagon. Thanks for your reporting. Well, what one quick point on what Elizabeth just said. Yeah. After, after 9-11, uh,
1: there was uh, some anthrax scares in New York and Washington. Mm-hmm. After that, the federal government went through a lot of efforts to, to create these remote mail sorting facilities uh, for the White House, for the Pentagon, for other government agencies. So that's greatly reduced the exposure to the, the, the agencies that might be targeted because they do a lot of the screening outside of the main building.
0: A safety buffer, but not for those sorting the mail. (laughs) So uh, we hope that they are in good shape right now. Uh, Thank you both for that. Uh, Moving on, we have a historic trip in the making underway right now. You may not know, but the first lady, Melania Trump, uh, is overseas, she's doing her first official foreign tour, arrived this morning in Ghana. Uh, Ghana uh, is the first stop on her four country Africa swing. And um, Catherine, you've been tracking this uh, for here stateside. Um, it's a lot of interest in the images, in the optics coming out of Africa, including from the president.
2: Yeah, exactly. You can see some of those um, images there now. She's focusing um, this trip on visiting children's hospitals, schools, um, highlighting foreign aid. Um, there was some vi- video of her earlier handing out teddy bears and blankets with this Be Best message on it. Um, her initiative um, inside the White House, you know, affecting a broad uh, range of children's issues. But, you know, there's also, and I know our Jordan Phelps has been covering this, too, so she can weigh in more on this, but this also um, comes amid controversy um, with the president. Um, He's made derogatory comments about um, some African uh, countries before, so that's obviously um, hovering over this trip. And he's also sought to cut back on how much the U.S. spends on foreign assistance.
0: Yeah, let's bring Jordan into this. Uh, Jordan Phelps does cover the First Lady for us. She's out on the road covering the president today. But, Jordan, just closing thoughts here from you. Um, many of us always looking into the, the First Lady's uh, fashion apparel, her, uh, her public schedule, what message she might be trying to send. Uh, sources around her tell us that she does try to send messages to the president, if you will, through some of her, uh, through her choices. What do you make of uh, her selection of these countries in her, her program here?
4: Yeah, Devin, the contrast really couldn't be starker here. As Catherine noted, uh, the president's own policies are really out of line with the entire trip that the First Lady is taking. His latest budget proposal called for cutting back on USAID by a strict 33 percent. Of course, Congress didn't actually take him up on that. uh, But that is the intention here. And we heard him again just last week at the U.N. uh, again express this desire to cut back on aid. But what the First Lady's trip is completely designed to do is to highlight the positive impact of us aid in africa Uh, also a big contrast uh, just in in a bigger sense we heard president trump last week also say that the u.s doesn't subscribe to this idea of this globalist society and the first lady in announcing this trip said that we are a global society and that's one of the reasons she's so excited to go here so Uh, You know, sometimes it seems like the first lady is on a giant trolling campaign of the president uh, with just how stark the contrasts are. And this trip, Devin, is just no exception.
0: All right, Jordan Phelps, they're in a very noisy arena uh, ahead of the president's rally tonight. Thank you for that. I think a very smart point that, as Jordan put it, that it appears sometimes as if the first lady is trolling her husband but very striking to say the least that she's supporting global aid on this tour when her husband has very pointedly uh, Mm -hmm. looked to cut it. Uh, Shifting gears to end today it is 34 days from the midterm elections and uh, if you aren't tracking it that closely there's a new call to action uh, out today which pretty creatively put out by a number of students uh, supporting gun control but urging all of us to get out to vote. Take a look. My first time
2: I was nervous. My first time was in the back of a firehouse.
1: Mine was in a church.
0: It was amazing. My first time everybody clapped afterwards. I mean, I I didn't know how to how to how to do it. Where to put it? You know, where to slide it in? There were so many options.
1: Like, um <laughs> you never know what it's going to be like when it actually when you
0: do it.
5: So finally I just you know, I just went and I just did it. I voted.
0: My first time with a woman was 2016. It felt good, but it ended badly. My parents weren't allowed to do it until 1965, so I do it every chance I get.
5: We have the numbers. We have the power. We can do this.
0: Come do it with us November 6th.
5: Our generation is the largest group of voters in the country.
0: Let's rise up, register. And let our voices be heard.
5: You can't vote if you don't fill out the forms and
4: register.
0: Go to marchforourlives.com to register. It takes like two minutes. I was so excited afterwards that I elected all over the place.
1: <laughs> oh. Vote. Vote. Register and vote. So hot.
5: Voting is so hot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, acute and <laughs> at times crass. <laughs> Uh, play there for the youth vote this midterms, Jack. But on a serious note though, that group that put out that um, that PSA campaign uh, to go out and vote is the students from the Marchland, uh, Parkland, rather, Florida shooting uh, earlier this year. They put this out coincidentally on the uh, one-year anniversary of the deadliest mass shooting in U.S. history out in Las Vegas. Uh, certainly our, our thoughts and prayers are with those families on this anniversary as well.
1: That's right. And and president yesterday announcing that he's uh, moving forward with trying to ban bump stocks that Regulation enters mm-hmm. a 90-day review period, and we'll see what comes at the end of it.
0: All right, and those students uh, looking to get voters out to the uh, to the polls, just 34 days from now, we'll have full coverage uh, of the 2018 midterms right here at ABC News Live and at abcnews.com. Download the ABC News app if you haven't done it. It's a great resource. You can watch all of our coverage live wherever you are. Uh, for Jack Dotte great to have you. Jack, Katherine Falders, the whole team here at ABC News. I'm Devin Dwyer. We'll see you next time.